0: Open them with me to Mark the 8th chapter, Mark chapter 8, and um, amen, Mark chapter 8. Now we begin a new portion of our study this morning, and um, we're talking about just the subject of our mindset. And how powerful um, and and influential um, your individual mindset is over your individual life. And we looked at how the enemy of your soul has, you know, just been in this relentless Um, effort against you and me to try to form within us a wrong mindset and um, there's a saying that you can't teach old dogs new tricks you ever heard that expression and of course part reason for that is you know Old dogs get set in their ways, but the reason we get set in our ways is because we get set in our minds. We get set in our minds. Well, I got good news for you. Um, If you're born again believer, you're not an old dog. Amen. We're a new creation. And we see throughout the Word of God, men and women struggling in this area, crying out to God for help in this area. When David was... Was asking God to renew a right spirit within him he was talking about his mindset his attitude the way he looked at things the way he thinks now what I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to help us understand is the role our mindset plays in our ability to hear the wisdom of God, to receive the wisdom of God. This morning, we won't turn back there tonight, but this morning we revisited the verses yet again in Proverbs 1 where he says wisdom's crying out in the streets. And in 1 Corinthians 2, he says the wisdom for our best life is hidden. Almost sounds like a riddle. How, How can something be hidden and at the same time crying out in the streets? And here is the, I think, to date, the best way the Holy Spirit has, has helped me understand that. And it's with the, with, with the truth, the, the fact, if you will, that, that there are all kinds of radio waves and radio signals in this room right now. Um, they're crying out to you. Um, 89.9 Way FM's crying out to you. 93.7 WDJC. It's crying out to you. We can't hear it. We can't feel it. Um, you know, if we didn't know it was true, it would almost be laughable. It, you know, it's like, there ain't no radio signals in this room right now. Not only are there radio signals in here, there's television signals in here. High-def television signals all in this room right now crying out to us. But we can't hear them. It's because we, we're not tuned into that frequency. Because we're not tuned into that frequency, we're not, we're not hearing what's, what's being said to us. Now, in Proverbs, you know, it's talking about wisdom crying out to us. But what we see in the New Testament is that now it's Father Himself, by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit, that He's speaking to us. Now, for some of you, this, this, is, um, this is not new fresh news. But for others, this may may be the first time you've ever heard anybody say this to you, but listen to me. Your Creator Father is wanting to speak to you. He's a matter of fact, He is speaking to you. He's he's talking to you. He's he's trying to lead you and guide you and direct you. Not with an audible voice. I mean, maybe some of you in here, I've never heard the audible voice of God. But it's that still small voice inside but if we don't have the right mindset it'll it'll be like um, you know the radio signals in this room and us never hearing them never never receiving them never tuning in to them so when it comes to our mindset and the role that our mindset plays in in our ability to hear the voice of God And God's voice is the voice of wisdom. It's His wisdom. He's broadcasting from heaven tonight. He's broadcasting the answers that we all need for our lives from heaven tonight. So it's not that God is silent. It's not that that God is ignoring us. And even when it comes to people who who really get serious about trying to hear from Him, it, it still comes back to You know, we could say frame of mind. That's another way we try to, you know, communicate this concept of of the mind or the mindset. Well, in Mark chapter 8 and um, verse number 13, it says, Then he left them... This is... um, Christy, I don't know if you've got it back there. I know we've had some issues with the technology. This is... uh, Slide 17, but it's okay if you don't have it, amen. It says, and he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. And he charged them, saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now, verse 15 really probably has a sermon series all of its own contained within it. When Jesus is talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, he's talking about their doctrine. He's he's talking about their, um, well, we could even say it this way. He's talking about their mindset. He's talking about, you know, the way they... um, do things and, and the things that they preach and teach, and if we are familiar with the message that Jesus came to give us it it was completely different than the political message. Herod would have been the political message the the doctrine of the leaven of the Pharisees would have been the religious establishment so you've got you 've got the government or, or politics, and then you, you 've got uh, organized religion and, and what they're saying. And and Jesus is saying, listen, it's popular. You know, people, you know, really buy into it. But he was telling them and he's telling us tonight that you don't need to get caught up in that. You don't need to let that thinking contaminate your hearts. You, you don't need to look to religion or the government as your answer Or as your source. See, in those days it was, you know, it was the temple and being a part of the temple. Remember, that was one of the threats that they used against folks. You follow Jesus, you're going to be put out of the temple. Well, you know, again, that was their, their hub. That was their connecting point to God, they thought. And then, of course, the government and what the government did, all these other things. And Jesus is saying, look, don't, don't look to them as your source. Don't, don't look to them for the answers that you need. Look to God. Look to God. And so that was, that was the, the, the lesson, if you will, that Jesus was going to teach them during this boat ride. But the disciples were tuned in to another frequency. They were, they were focused on or had their minds set upon food. Now, a little tongue in cheek, in fairness to the disciples, food never tastes better than it tastes in a boat. Got any fishermen or women in the in the you know, amen. I mean, you got a bologna sandwich, then you got a bologna sandwich in a boat. Best hamburger I think I've ever had in my life. My Uncle David Slowey's made me. Put it on two pieces of white bread, wrapped it in a big old sheet of aluminum foil, and put it in the lunchbox before he took me and my brother fishing. Well, I couldn't hardly focus on fishing for thinking about that hamburger. And of course, he knew we were going to be fishing on into the night, so he waited, waited, waited. You know, man, we finally got that. That's the best hamburger I ever had. It was cold, but it was man. It, you remember it, don't you? It tasted like minnows. Yeah, I mean, cut it, cut it with the same knife we was cutting bait with. I mean, you know. So they're in a boat now, and they, you know, Jesus is trying to teach them some really, really important stuff. But, but now, notice in these uh, next verse, verse 16. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. Notice, instead of just listening to Jesus, they're trying to get ahead of Him and, and, and come up with a reason why He's talking about these things. Instead of just listening to Him and let, let Him explain. I mean, He has the words of life, right? and they're trying to understand his motives, and they think that he has some veiled message here. When did Jesus ever give them a veiled message? If, if he had a problem with them not packing enough food for the trip, do you not think Jesus would have just been straightforward with them and said, hey guys, you know, next time y'all need to bring some more food here? So notice their mindset, and I, I'm not stretching this to fit. Listen to me, please. Their mindset now is such that it's, it's taken Jesus completely out of character for who He really is, even, in, in, their, in, in the way their minds are processing what's being spoken to them. Now, the key word... Let's read, next, let's read next, verse 17. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Now, this this is a, a key place right here. I want to come down there with you for a moment, all right? This is... The, the heart, I believe, of this mindset issue that, that, that we need to not just see in the disciples, but we need to recognize it in our own lives. And we see this word that's used here, they reasoned among themselves. They reasoned among themselves right? Now, if you look at this word, it literally means to have an internal conversation. They're they're talking with themselves, inside of themselves. When you first look at this, you get the impression that they were talking during class to one another but it's not that you know Peter said to John you were supposed to bring the bread this time it's your fault that that wasn't that's not what was going on here each one of them within themselves was processing the situation and coming to the same conclusion. Why is that the case? Because they all had the same mindset. And because each one of them had the same mindset, that mindset was bringing each one of them to the same conclusion. So notice it says Jesus being aware of it. It wasn't because, you know, somebody in the class came and told Jesus, told on them, you know, it's like, hey Jesus, you know, I was class monitor today, and I just want you to know this is what was going on in the back of the class. They're all in a boat, right? They're, they're, it's not a yacht. This is not a, a cruise ship. They're all right there sitting. I mean, they're all looking each other in the face. I mean, 13 men in a boat. I mean, I don't, again, I don't, even, I don't know what size the boat was, but it's, it's not like, you know, there was 300 people in there, and somebody was talking in the back of the class, and Jesus didn't know it, um, and overheard it, or somebody came and reported it to him. This is something that's going on inside of each one of them. But notice each one of them came to the same conclusion. They came to the same answer. See, that's the power of a mindset. This is why the enemy has tried your whole life to form wrong mindsets within you. Because if he can get a wrong mindset within us, that wrong mindset is going to lead us to the wrong answer every time every time and this is why if we really want to look at where the the most difference can be made in our life as far as our our, our conditions and our life experiences and all of these things changing, we've got to look to minds. Now listen, if you're not born again, the, most, the biggest challenge, uh, not the biggest challenge, the biggest transformation is what I'm looking for. If you're not born again, the biggest transformation for you is going to be getting born again. But if you've already been born again, the biggest transformation for you then is to the renewing of your mind. Becoming... Um, Spiritually minded, as opposed to continuing to to have a fleshly mindset, but to learn how to have a heavenly or spiritual mindset. And so it says they reason among themselves. And notice what each one of them was saying in their heart. He's talking about leaven because we forgot the lunch. He's talking about leaven because in a minute we're all going to be ready to eat something and we're not going to have enough food to go around. He's, he's given this sermon on the leaven of Herod and the leaven of Pharise, uh, the Pharisees um, because you know, our, our physical appetites are going to get the better of us here in an hour or so and then we're going to be without food um, and, and all of us are going to be hungry. So, listen, this would not be the first time the scriptures tell us that what people were thinking in their heart was revealed to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't a room monitor or a boat monitor that reported this to Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit who revealed it to him, what they were reasoning in their hearts. And so, again, amen, I'm not saying it's happening tonight, am not saying it is, I'm not saying it's not happening tonight. But. You know, I have spent uh, thousands of hours in front of people teaching them. And and you can tell by the looks on people's faces if they're engaged in what you're saying. And you can tell by the looks on people's faces, their body language, right? If you're like, you know, almost torturing them, you know, it's like, it's like, help us, Jesus. That's why the Bible says don't be moved, you know, by the looks on people's faces. Just do what we do by faith, amen? So I'm, I'm teaching you and preaching to you tonight by faith. But again, if Jesus is sitting in this boat and 13 men's minds are elsewhere... They're not, as I like to say, picking up what he's putting down. That would have been very clear to him. I mean, that would, that would be clear to somebody without the Holy Spirit telling you what's going on in people's minds. Jesus can just tell by their looks on their faces, by their body language, you know, by the way they did not want to make eye contact with him, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? That something was, was distracting them. Something else was going on inside of them, right? And, of course, the Holy Spirit showed him what it was. And so he says, being aware of it, he said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Now, here is, here is the thing that... i tell you what, let me get back up here. Praise God. Let me just keep reading these verses, all right? Verse um, 19. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? and they all look at each other and they said uh, it was twelve Jesus twelve yeah and also when I broke the seven for the four thousand how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up and they said seven so he said to them how is it you do not understand Well. The answer here, again, and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit just lay this right out there for you like He's been laying it right out there for me. The answer is, why do they not understand? Why after having not... Listen, when the 5,000 were fed, Jesus took the little boy's lunch. He divided it amongst the 12 disciples. After He blessed it, He divided it, broke it, and then they went and fed the people. So the miracle took place in their hands. They didn't just witness this miracle. They participated in the performing of this miracle. And the Bible says when they all ate. Right? So they, they witnessed it. They participated in the performing of it. And then they ate of the miracle themselves. And then just for one more Uh, you know cherry on top they each picked up a basket full of fragments so their eyes saw what was started what they started with their hands held it their hands distributed it their mouths ate it their bellies were filled with it and then they picked up 12 baskets full of fragments And then, however many days later, Jesus did it all over again. 4,000 plus women and children, and um, seven loaves of bread, and, and all the Bible says here is a few small fish. I'm thinking sardines, but we'll get to heaven and find out exactly what those fish were. And he did it again. Now, clearly in the boat, Jesus is concerned because they, have, they, they don't remember, they don't understand. Let me, just, let me simplify it for you, okay? They're not getting it. They're not getting it. Jesus fully intended for this to become a new normal for them. Jesus fully intended for the the question of, of food provision to be answered and settled once and for all in their lives. But even after witnessing those two miracles, participating in the performing of those two miracles, eating for themselves from those two miracles, just again, we don't have an exact time frame, but it's all within the eighth chapter there. Mark 6 is the first feeding, Mark 8 is the second feeding, and then again in Mark 8, they're in the boat, and now they're worried about not having enough bread. Jesus could have very well, in in this same discussion with them, He could have brought back up one of the first times that that he interacted with them when he called fish out of the sea into their nets after having fished all night and caught nothing. Now they're in a boat on the water again. But notice, none of that, listen to me now, and this is important, none of that was a factor in their reasoning. This is really important here. None of that Took, had any place, there's our word, none of that was given any place in them sitting there on that afternoon knowing there was only a partial loaf of bread for 13 grown men. And not a single one of them thought to themselves, we're not going to worry about this, if he fed thousands with seven loaves, he can feed 13 of us with one. Not a single one of them had that thought. Not a single one of them said, well, I sure would like some fish today, but we didn't bring any, but that, we didn't have any before. We fished all night and didn't have any. That didn't, that didn't stop Jesus. But not a single one of them came to that conclusion. Not a single one of them even gave one minute's place to that, to that part, that, those truths, those realities, those miracles in their reasoning. I'm trying to get you to see the power of mindset. Now, if you look at the two miracles closely, and we're not going to go back and, and read it tonight, but if you look at the two miracles closely, they involve large crowds of people, I think in one case, they'd been out listening to Jesus straight for three days. I mean, you talk about a long sermon. Amen. For three days. That was a conference, right? And that not only had they been out there for three days, they'd been out there for three days with nothing to eat. And it was time to end that meeting and move on to what was next, and Jesus was, was bringing it to, a, to an end. And he tells the disciples, he says, I do not want to send these people away hungry. Some of them may faint on the way. In other words, they may not make it back home. They've traveled a long way. They've traveled on foot. They may not make it back to their houses if they don't have some nourishment. Right? And notice, what did the disciples say? Here's their mindset. Here's their reasoning. If we had this much money, it would... It would have to have, we would, if, if we, we need this much bread, and in order to have that much bread, we need this much money. Notice how their mind reasoning works. It's, it's the same mindset in the boat. We're out in the water, there's no grocery stores out here, there's no, there's no, you know, even if we got money, there's no bread to buy, it's gonna be a long trip, we're gonna be hungry. Are you seeing this? Let me, could we drill down just for one minute, then we'll come back and finish this. I think the bigger picture here is that the disciples had a mindset that a lot of people, not just in the world have, but unfortunately, sadly, a lot of people in the church world, a lot of people in the body of Christ today have this same mindset. And that mindset was, you know what, this is not our problem. Are you following what I'm saying here? It, it was their mindset. If you look at it very carefully, their mindset was uh, every, every man for himself kind of mindset. I'm not trying to read more into this than I should have read, but those disciples were out there three days without food as well. Their stomachs were growling as well. Am I right about this, right? I mean, you, you follow what I'm saying? It's not like they were over there eating in front of all those people. How do you think they knew so quickly who had food? I mean, Jesus asked them, What do we got? Well, was a little boy boil there with some lunch. We've been eyeballing it for days now. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like every man for himself. You know what I'm saying? I called it. You, know, you remember that? Y- y'all ever do that? When you I called it. That last piece of cake is mine. That last piece of cake is mine. Every man for himself, that was was their mindset. And and so their mindset is, this is not our problem, Jesus. And even if it was our problem, we don't have the resources to fix it. That was their mindset. Notice Jesus' mindset. Jesus' mindset was, this is our problem, and we do have the resources to fix it. Completely different mindset. Jesus came to this earth. Matter of fact, again, I'm jumping way ahead of myself. In Philippians 2, it says, let this mind, literally, the literal translation of that word is the word mindset. Let this mindset be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That word let means allow. Allow this mindset to be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this means that that we do have a say-so. We do have a choice in the mindset that that we operate with. Amen. And that we, as born-again believers, as children of the Most High God, we can allow the mindset of Jesus to become our mindset. And Jesus' mindset was, these people are hungry, they came out here with no food, and they wound up staying a lot longer than they planned on staying, and it's, it's a serious situation for them to try to go back home, and it's our responsibility. We're responsible for them. Now, you know, you could, listen to me, with the wall's with the way of looking at things, you could make a strong argument for either side of it, right? But we don't look at things the way the world looks at things. We look at things the way heaven looks at things, because that's how Jesus looked at them, and when Jesus saw a bunch of hungry people, he said, well, you know, tough luck, they should have thought about this and packed a lunch before they came. No, he says, this is our problem. And we have the connections. We have the heavenly resources. To do something about it's a mindset, right? Completely different approach from the disciples. Not once, not twice, but now we see it yet again for the third time in the boat. Now, <clears throat> I want to, s- and it's still on the screen. Thank you, Christie. Um, it's it's still on the screen. So. What we have here is is a comparison, a comparison, a comparison to the way each of those disciples reasoned in their hearts. But then we have Jesus, listen to me now, we need to learn from this. Now we have Jesus taking them by the hand and walking them through the correct way to reason when faced with a problem. They're faced with a problem of less than a loaf of bread for 13 men to eat on. Now, in the overall scheme of life problems, this may register somewhere on the small to minuscule uh, end of the scale. Nobody's bleeding. Nobody's dying. Are you hearing me? Right. But the reasoning that Jesus demonstrated, he, did, he, didn't, he demonstrated it for him, right? How did he demonstrate? Well, it's right there in front of us. When I broke the five loaves for the five thousands, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? Right? Notice now, what is he doing? He's shocking their thinking. Their mindset, every one of them had a mindset that led them to a wrong conclusion. So now Jesus is reminding them. Jesus... Is walking them through it step by step he's not just being a smart aleck here because Jesus wasn't a smart you know what? I'm saying? Jesus wasn't Jesus wasn't like come on guys are you kidding me he wasn't talking that attitude he was he was demonstrating for them how they should be reasoning in other words let me say it another way if you're gonna let the mind of Christ be in you the same mind which was in Christ Jesus also be in you this is how we need to begin to reason when we're faced with a problem Notice their reasoning always landed them in the, in, the, uh, in the negative. Always, you know, no matter how they processed the information, they were gonna come up hungry. It was just that, that was their mindset, right? So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is recalling to them the goodness of God. He is recalling to them, he is bringing back to their remembrance miracles. He's bringing back to their remembrance you know, what was happening. I believe, now he could have, he could have very well started with, you know, how many um, fish and how many loaves of bread did we start with. He could have started there. I believe he went straight to the end result. The part, I believe, listen to me now, that impacted the disciples' thinking the most. What impacted them the most was not the, the, the fish and the loaves that they started with, but what impacted them the most after everybody had eaten. Right? Listen, I, do you try to imagine these things? Do you, I, you know, you try to picture it in your mind. You know, Jesus had them set down in groups. I picture this kind of as a, I don't know why, I just picture it as a grassy area, um, and with a hill with a, a, a you know, almost like an amphitheater kind of gently sloping up away from Jesus. Um, if, if we're just going to go with, and we know from the scriptures that it was more than 5,000 individuals, it was 5,000 men plus women and children. Now, you know, if you start doing average family size and all sorts of things, listen, that doesn't, that doesn't mean every man had a wife and every man who had a wife, his wife came with him. I got that already. But if we just doubled it to 10,000... 10,000, my friend, that's a lot of people. Some folks estimate, because big families, 15 to 20,000 people. So, again, that's a huge crowd. What is the Bessemer? The, B- Bessemer. the Birmingham Civic Center holds about 20,000, doesn't it? Population of Hueytown, 20,000. Okay? I mean, you follow what I'm saying? This is a lot of people. And so, I know that, you know, when the disciples had that, you know, part of a fish piece of bread and they start handing it out. I mean, I guess after about the 15th or 50th person, they figure out something's happening here that they can't explain. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, man, this just, well, this this is going a long way. (laughs) Right? Thursday night at our house growing up was leftover night. Friday night was go out to eat night, right? (laughs) And uh, of course, Matt got the kitchen closed down one time because he said mom would hide stuff under cheese and try to repackage it, you know. And um, so she didn't feel like he was being grateful enough and he just got the whole kitchen shut down for a week. And we were really thankful for any night, leftover night or any other night, right? But the idea was what are we do, we're trying to stretch that food into one more meal, you know, make it go further, right? Come on now, don't tell me you've never put a little water in a bowl of chili to make it look bigger, right? Amen. Right? Come on. So, so something's going on here, right? I mean, something, something's happening here. It's like, wow, this chili's really thin tonight, darling. You know what I'm saying? Amen. All right. Praise God. Amen. Pam got four bowls of chili out of that one and a half bowls. But anyway, praise God. So, you know, it's like, man, this year is going a long way, you know. Now, maybe in your mind, you know, after 12 people, 15 people, if there's 12,000 people, that means on average, every disciple fed 1,000 people from from their own hand. But I believe Jesus went to the leftovers for for a reason. Because after everybody had left, and they were tired... Jesus said, we're not going to waste it, boys. Each one of you get you a basket and and let's go clean clean these fragments up. I don't know what they did with the fragments. I've heard different people hypothesize. We don't don't know. It was a lot of food, though. Everybody's gone. The grass is all crumpled down where everybody's been trampling on it for three days. Now it's just Jesus and the disciples and 12 heaping baskets of food that was i believe the part that impacted their minds the most In other words, there's no denying it at this point we started with just a couple of fish and some and some a few fish and some loaves and now we've got all this food so notice he's demonstrating for them then he goes to the 4000 and the seven large baskets When the Holy Spirit was showing me this, it reminded me of something from the Old Testament. Smile at me if you know what I'm talking about, right? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody remember a little boy named David? Right? It's time to face Goliath. You realize when David, he he had been anointed, right, to be king, and his brothers had went off to war with the Israeli army, to, to fight the Philistines, and, his, and their daddy wanted to know, you know, what was going on. There was no Fox News, CNN, none of that, right? And so he went, what, he bring him some cheese, I believe it was. It wasn't just to bring some provisions. It was so that David could bring news of the battle back to his dad. Anybody that's in here, I had dinner last night with a man who has two sons who are Marines, and in Afghanistan. You understand what I'm saying? Well, obviously, you you know, you want to hear from them. You know, these guys are at war. You know, we want to know what's going on here. And so David pulls up, you know, there, and and, and uh, um everybody's hiding, and Goliath is cursing and swearing and taunting and ridiculing and mocking. Notice now it's a different mindset in David. You you see in this. It's a completely different mindset than every other member of the Israeli army, including King Saul himself. David doesn't see an impossibility. He sees an opportunity. When he he looked at the situation, when he processed what was going on, the conclusions that he came to were basically these. I have a covenant with God. That man does not. Right? When a bear and a lion threatened my daddy's sheep, God delivered the bear and the lion into my hand. And the same God who delivered the bear and the lion into my hand will deliver this heathen with no covenant with God, mocking my God and everything I hold sacred and dear. He'll deliver him into my hand as well. Now, look at the mindset of, of all the others. You're but a kid and he was a man of war since he was a kid. You're young, and he's been killing men for a living since he was young. You're no match for him, David, blah, 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 blah. See, what are they doing now? They're trying to project, beware of this now, they're trying to project their mindset onto him in the same way that King Saul was trying to project his armor onto David. They're trying to put what they're thinking on David. David's not going to hear it. He's not going to listen to that. That's not how his mind works. He's in a different frame of mind. Then he says, tell me again what will be done for the man who goes and kills him. Right? King's daughter in marriage. Uh, tax exempt for the rest of your life. I forget all these different things, you know. He's like, I'm fixing to be a married man. Right? You see, I mean, again. Again. This, this is how His mind... He, does, you know, he, he should cons- all things considered. See, that's the problem, right? No, it's not all things considered. We consider what the Word says. We consider what Father says. We, so notice the, the difference. So this is exactly what Jesus is demonstrating for them. He's basically saying, guys, this is how you should be thinking. You shouldn't be sitting here thinking in a way that leads you to hunger every time. You should be saying, you know, man... I was there when he took that little boy's lunch and fed all them folks. And then he did it again. You see, this is how they should be processing this whole situation. Now, here's the challenge before you and me. I don't don't know what, what difficulty you're facing. Let's say, I'm just going to use one example here. All right, Let's say you're here tonight and you need a job. You need a job. Well, you know, the enemy... Is going to try and that mindset from a lot of failure and, and things in our lives. Now, so the enemy's going to try to come in there and he's going to say, Nobody's going to hire you. Man, you know, you've had good jobs before and, and you couldn't keep them. And so, um, what makes you think even that you're going to get a job? And if you do, why do you think you're going to keep In other words, this, listen, I, this is how a lot of people think. You know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, I, I make a good job, but it won't be as good as that last one that I had. And it sure, you know, there'll never be another job like that one that paid me this much money and all those benefits, man. I had, it, I can't believe I lost that job. See, how are we thinking? How are we reasoning here? You, you, you follow what I'm saying? See, the mind of Christ says, somebody in this world is looking for me. Amen. Somebody right now is on their face before God praying for somebody who can do what I can do, knows what I know, and is willing to pay me more money than I've ever been paid in my life to do it for them. Do you see the difference in the reasoning there? We, We have got to become, and I'll finish right here, We've, we've, we've got to become aware of these things. We, we, oh, thank you, Jesus. Who was it that said, you got to think about what you're thinking? And as we begin this reasoning within ourselves, that, notice again, I was saying it out loud, but I'm talking about these internal conversations. Maybe you need a husband. Maybe you need a wife. Right? Uh, All the good men are taken. So here we go again, right? All this stuff that we say to ourselves, no matter how we process it, we always come up with, um, you know, having to settle for something less than God's best in our lives. Please quit that. Right? Because that mindset, listen to me now, back to where we started. That mindset is literally tuning you into a frequency that does not need to be speaking into your life. And while you're tuned into one station, you have literally shut yourself off from all the other information, wisdom, that Father God is trying to speak into your life. When we get our minds... Thinking on the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the love of God, His will for us to be in health and prosper, the price that He paid so that we could be free. He who spared not His only Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how will He not with Him freely give us all things? That's what Paul's doing in Romans 8. He's facing every kind of challenge, including his own execution. And he begins to say, he even goes for the Old Testament, right? Oh, poor pitiful me. We're like lambs led to the slaughter all day. He says, absolutely not. That might have been the Old Covenant, but I'm not in the Old Covenant anymore. I live in a day and time where the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And he begins to talk about these things. What will separate me from the love of Christ? What could ever keep God from loving me? And, and because he spared not his only son how and de- but delivered him up for us all, now that Jesus is back at his own right hand, how will he not freely give me all things? Do you see the mindset there? The mindset that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The mindset that says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The mindset that says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. See, it's a mindset. Now, when we start deliberately, intentionally... Setting our mind. See, this is again, there's so much more. We'll We'll pick this up next week. But when he says, set your mind on things above. When you set your mind on things above, now you're tuning in to that heavenly frequency. Now, what Father's been trying to say to you, what wisdom has been trying to say to you, all of a sudden you can start hearing it. I don't know if I've... Hey Amen. Well, my heart's full tonight. And I, <clears throat> because the disciples had the wrong mindset, it was as if those miracles never happened. Now, you may not... could take a microphone tonight and, and recall one... Miracle that father's ever performed in your life, but I'm telling you they're there they're there and We need we need to start remembering them and Not just remember them to say thank you absolutely say thank you absolutely be grateful for all that he's done for you All that he's brought you through the faithfulness of God some of you in here had moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers praying for you and, and, and you've lived another day to know the goodness of God in the land of the living. But it's not just to remember them to be thankful. It's to remember them to establish a new way of reasoning in our lives. Amen. Stand with me. Praise God. You get anything out of this? Hallelujah. Father, thank you tonight for your love. Thank you, Father, tonight for helping us identify these wrong mindsets. Father, some in this room have the right mindset towards money. Others in this room, they have a wrong mindset towards money. Some have the right mindset towards themselves and towards you. Others have a wrong mindset about their own existence. Wrong mindset uh, towards you and how they view you and what they think about you. Father, some in this room have the right mindset about the future and, and the days that are ahead of us. Others have a completely wrong mindset. A mindset that, that causes them to dread the future. Have stress and anxiety about the future. Father, help us see these things. Show us these wrong mindsets. Show us, Father, where, we're, where we've previously been blinded to the way we process and evaluate situations and, and, and even issues and trouble in our lives and then, Father, show us, walk us through it by your Holy Spirit and by the Word of God how to, how to set our minds on the things of heaven and hear your voice of wisdom speaking into our lives. Father, I release the resources of your kingdom. You said whatever I loosed on earth, having already been loosed in heaven, Father, would be loosed on earth. I release, I loose now, Lord, the resources of of your kingdom, Father, into these men's and women's lives. I thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us physically, materially, materially, how you've provided physical needs for us, Lord. But Father, we also thank you for helping us and working in us inwardly, internally. Father, as we humble ourselves before you, as we cooperate, with you as we come alongside Jesus and do life together with Him. I thank you that you are renewing and reconditioning our minds. Help us to see things in ways we've never seen them before. May we allow the mind of Christ, the same mindset of Jesus, to be our mindset. Help us with that, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray to the Father. Amen Amen. and amen. Praise God.